What's up, everybody? Welcome to Couch Dimension, our brand new video game podcast. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today, video game news, what we've been playing recently, new announcements and trailers. I'm very excited to get started. I'm Tiny Big Dude. Uh, joining me today are Red and Captain. Red, Captain, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's going? Oh. Pretty good. Cool. Uh, well, you know, let's get into it. Uh, and... Uh, we got a lot of news to get through. So starting off, I think that the uh, lead story this week um, is really this Microsoft situation. So for those of you who have been out of the loop, uh, Microsoft, it was rumored uh, about a week ago that there was going to be a drop in exclusivity, uh, that Microsoft was going to abandon their hardware and essentially go the route of Sega. Uh, now, Microsoft held a podcast slash press release kind of thing where Phil Spencer uh, stood around stiffly and weirdly and talked at us for a little while. And it turns out none of that shit was true. Um, so the rumor mill gets to it again. And there's some stuff in this that I want to talk about. But starting out, just let's let's talk a little bit about the video game rumor mill. Um so it's to me video games are the number one sector for baseless information to spread <laughs> rapidly um i mean you could see this pretty rough yeah remember before the gta heist came out and you googled gta heist and like every week someone was putting out a new article about fake information um so oh, you yeah, know that became a joke in our friend circle i would just do that sometimes when we're playing gta online Exactly, exactly. Uh, so what do you guys think drives that rumor mill so much in video games specifically? I think, well, video games specifically is kind of weird. There is, I think video games in particular have just a close association with the internet. A lot of more avid internet users, Reddit users, things like that, are video game players. It just becomes a topic of discussion. I think those ecosystems lead to a lot of speculation on a lot of topics, um, but video games is it just kind of tied to the medium in which they are communicating a lot. Those dudes who used to be on the playground and say their uncle worked at Nintendo work for journals now. <laughs> um, I also... <laughs> This is less specific video games, so I think it's, you know, people have certain quotas to meet, write articles, and so, like, inevitably, there are going to be some dumb articles that come out. Um, and that's true for a lot of uh, outlets, though, so, you know. There's also uh, not... Uh, specific. There's also not, like, major consequences for false gaming news. There's, like, there's consequences for false world news. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Microsoft well. <laughs> isn't typically going to sue you for defamation uh, if you if you say bad things or if you tweet wrong things about their platform. Yeah, um, I think. Oh, I just want to say I think part of it is also like so much of the video game industry, like they communicate with customers in a way a lot of other industries don't, and a lot of that communication for years was just building hype constantly right um, and so you know like we're not i don't know if we hype as much as or they hype as much as they used to like the the e3 that used to be is gone um but i think e3 is remains, gone <laughs> Period. yeah i think it remains in the culture well, the reason i phrase it that way is like we're they're still doing their own versions or variants of e3 that are more I guess console I mean, specific now, but yeah, E3 I think, as literally E3, it's gone. <laughs> I think that totally makes sense. If video games operated on a all news is good news sort of platform for a long time, and now uh, they are learning that isn't necessarily true. Um, so good insight there. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about what Phil actually told us during the press conference. We have a lot of people, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the tweets, a lot of people unhappy with Phil saying he's lying. Um, it, it's it's a mess. Uh, but so, you know, the rumors were no, 
exclusives. The rumors were that Starfield and Indiana Jones would both be coming to PS5. Uh, it turns out that shit's not true at all. Uh, there are only four Xbox titles that are going exclusive. He did not give the specific titles, only to say that they are uh, games that are first entries in their series. Xbox wants to keep promoting these games' uh, series as it goes, and that they have communities behind them. Um, two, he said, are pretty big and established, and two are smaller franchises. Um, I think one of those is definitely going to be Sea of Thieves. That's just just my guess. Uh that- seems to be the general i've seen a lot of people talk about that as like but that's all seems to be a common guess as a sea of thieves fan uh it belongs on switch right i mean that's sort of where it it belongs on switch and i mean certainly ps5 as well but it definitely i think would would feel at home on a switch um Yeah. yeah yeah i'm a fan of sea of thieves i'm not a fan of the uh uh crosshairs and sea of thieves oh yeah no i don't think anyone prefers that damn cracked sniper scope um but you know basically what he said is there's no fundamental change to exclusivity on xbox but that to me raises the question what exactly are you defining xbox as because later during the press conference he also said that xbox is no one device um, yeah, they they really like. Uh, I'd seen the phrase tossed around of every screen is an Xbox is yes. kind of somewhat of the aim. So that um, makes me yeah. wonder about the possibility of Game Pass being uh, essentially uh, ported in certain ways to other platforms. Like you know, obviously we've got it on Xbox, we've got it on PC. Uh, but if it would make it an entrance on PS5, that would be very interesting. Though I don't think Sony would let that happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think it would be a. I don't know. I could just be wrong. Uh, I'll preface with that, but it certainly doesn't, at the very least, feel like Sony's streaming services have nearly the amount of groundswell that uh, Game Pass has. Once again, though, that that could just be you know, in the circles I run in, but I hear people talk about Game Pass all the time. When's the last time you heard, like, people talking about PlayStation Now or, yeah. I don't know. I'm a big PlayStation Now fanboy. Um, I'm taking personal offense to this. Uh, Um, What's a PlayStation? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to enter somewhat into the realm of, let's be real, rampant speculation, but I just want I want your thoughts on because I've seen people bring it up. It's a it's a thing people have wanted for a long time. What do you think are the odds that Nintendo's willing to I don't know work a little bit more closely with other companies, given that Rare has some shared DNA with Nintendo? Certainly, certainly does. Could we see a return of King K. Rule? Um. Proper. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be cool. I would, I would love to see that happen. And the thing is, right? If Xbox is going to Nintendo hat in hand and saying, "Hey, can we please put our stuff on your consoles?" Uh, I mean, that's good for Nintendo in a certain way, yeah. but it does open up certain negotiation channels to maybe, maybe get another Donkey Kong country. I mean, I think that's pure speculation. We're just talking about the rumor mill, and here I am oh, yeah. doing no, it. No, this is... But, yeah, I think that's a cool well, concept. Well, this is... We're not saying that anything we're saying is like... I correct. am. It's TM, just... it's happening. It's oh, happening. You I'm are? warning okay. you. I'm warning you all now. I like that's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> um, Be afraid. It, Game Pass is on Switch. It's mostly thinking about possibilities of, like, I know the big one. Everyone knows the big one. It's anytime we talk about rare, it's the biggest possible thing you could bring up. Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, I would love but to I see another one. I wonder how that looks in the modern. Would they be Would they be willing to make it the way it, I, I and other people feel it should be made, or would they try to innovate in a modern way? It needs like, to be. Here's the thing: if they make another Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> It needs to be about building cars. Or I'm gonna you're right. Flip you're out. right. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds pretty nuts. Uh, I'm still 
just note that I'm still sad that, like, if they hadn't tied Banjo-Kazooie, that could have been more. It, sh it probably should have been more, uh, but nope, tied it to that and sunk the ship. Um, anyways, won't keep us on this tangent. I just, I, I felt, I could feel the force of a bunch of people, like, it, it, it has to be brought up. It has no, to it's be a good tangent. I'm, I'm glad that we, we, we looked into it. We investigated and we came to the conclusion that Banjo-Kazooie will be returning this time you're building airplanes. Uh, and you can hold me to that. Um, so, anyways, though, yeah, he, he talks a lot about the no one device rhetoric. Um, and, and then we also get the news. This was also in the rumor mill. Game Pass is going to, you know, die. Day one releases are gone. Activision Blizzard games aren't coming to Game Pass. All that was fake as well. All of those things um, are not true. Activision Blizzard games are coming to Game Pass, which is good for me because then I don't have to drop 70 bucks on Call of Duty every year. Um, and I day one releases get... will continue. <laughs> I can get in and get out on Diablo 4 finally. Exactly. <laughs> and Diablo 4 is actually announced as the first Activision yeah. Blizzard game coming to Game Pass. So, yes, uh, we, we absolutely can do a little Diablo. Um, so, you know, the, the feeling that I got from this, because he said, he did tease, there is big hardware changes coming. There are big hardware changes coming. He said it's going to be the biggest jump in hardware that a game, uh, console generation has ever seen, which I find hard to believe. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a big swing. But what I foresee is basically a world where, and this is essentially, uh, uh sort of what he said. A world where your Xbox is the machine that runs your Xbox games optimally, right? If you yeah, want to make yeah. sure that your Xbox game is going to run, you buy an Xbox. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think that's an interesting way to think about uh, the console market, to think about branding. Um, it's certainly kind of a new twist on the the old model. Um, now, what does... What's the what does Xbox on all screens really look like? Are we talking are we talking like streaming stick apps like uh, HBO Max or something? Or are we talking like uh, installing uh, Game Pass on other things? Yeah, it'd be installing Game Pass on other things. I mean, I that's what I think, I right? Think that's the the play. Game Pass becomes an app much like net much like Netflix, right? And assume like. In an alternate universe, there's a Netflix box that you can plug into your TV and stream Netflix optimally on, and that's what an Xbox would would essentially be. I mean, they're gonna they're investing heavily in game streaming. Then we know that the new hardware is not exclusive to that, but we I think we're gonna get a lot more game streaming uh, options and in the future. You talked about uh, you know the the next jump is going to be the biggest and whatever, and that had me it it I got curious of like. When did the... I forgot when the Series X dropped, and that was November 10th, 2020. And, I mean, at the I would say probably at the very least, minimum, you, you will see a new console by 2026. That is the earliest, I think. Because um, we used to have five-year cycles, but also, I don't know, I think... It's just, when he's talking about that, no doubt those are in development. It's just like yeah, and and he said we're getting news at holiday season of this year is when we're going to get announcements, right? So they'll probably announce for at least a year out. Um, so you know we're looking at end of 2025, 2026, uh, uh, and then you know I think personally that announcement will get delayed because they always do. Um, and so I think you're right. I mean I think that that mid 2026, uh, 2027 is probably closer to the the more realistic timeline for That's that. That's a could be realistic or not realistic could be wishful thinking because you know five-year turnaround time is kind of brutal yeah um, incredible at least it feels that way um but it, it it felt like it hadn't been as long ago because you know the the black hole that was covid like those years just <laughs> obliterate yeah the covid was like eight years ago right <laughs> it was like eight weeks ago um, any any time between that and and it could have been COVID. Um, it definitely yeah warped everyone's sense of time and uh, yeah yeah I think we're all feeling that. Um, 
So I do want to talk about one of the big statements, and this is something that a lot of people said, Phil, you're a damn liar. That's not true. And uh, uh, a lot of controversy about this, okay? So one thing that Phil Spencer says in the press conference is that uh, the games industry in 2023 did not grow. And so that made a lot of people angry because a lot of people are saying, look at these great games that came out in 2023. Um, yeah, that's not how you define that. <laughs> yeah, and he, he also attributed the layoffs to that. And I think that's actually a little bit of a, a scapegoat because why— Yeah, know, yeah. You bought Activision Blizzard, right? And you definitely didn't intend to keep all of those people beyond the sale of the company. That's what drove the layoffs in in Microsoft. Definitely not uh, the market necessarily, but your choice to buy another company full of people that you don't need, you just wanted the IP. Um, but when we actually take a look at the data, the data shows that... Uh, he is actually exactly right. The games industry did not grow at all. Um, in the past three years, essentially, it has been pretty stagnant. Um, and that's from 2020 to 2023. So, you know, we didn't see that much. A lot of people are blaming market shrinkage from COVID, right? Like a bunch of people started playing games at COVID and then stopped playing games. And that's not necessarily what the data shows. I think the data shows that people are still playing games. We're just not getting a lot of new adopters in the space. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that can be hard in a game with in a year with as many good games as this year had to sort of wrap your head around. Um, but at the core of that idea is sort of the uh, capitalism infinite growth concept that mm -hmm. uh, markets are going to grow. They're going to continue to grow forever. Number go up. If number doesn't go up, bad things happen. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. He says, you know, basically he says there's two ways that we can see market growth. Uh, we can squeeze more money out of you. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Or we can get new players. And he said, and Xbox prefers to do uh, the latter of those two options. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what are y'all's thoughts on, on that sort of piece of information? I think, I think there's another factor here, um, which is like playing video games, getting into video games, it's an expensive hobby. And with the with the rise of inflation like yeah i think a lot of people had to make tough decisions on what they how they want to spend their money and then they're not buying you know would you do you want to spend if you're short of money do you want to spend 60 70 on a video game or do you want to like uh, buy several cheaper things that could also be entertaining to you you know right right uh I, I definitely i mean i think we are all feeling the um squeeze of inflation in one form or another and yeah i mean it, it cuts down on your your sort of um spending for fun business and uh and makes you do more responsible things which i don't particularly care for no, no. Um, <laughs> and save yeah. money invest I'm in like, I'm in a unfortunately having to be in a responsible era, and I I don't care for it. <laughs> um, well, feeling that myself. That's pretty much that piece of news. I think that that sums up all the major events covered at the podcast. Uh, unless you guys have anything to add, I'm ready to move on to our next story. Sure. Okay. So I don't, I don't have big thoughts about money <laughs> i try not to think about money um so then our our next story is uh coming out of disney um so disney made this huge announcement that uh they're expanding in all kinds of ways 
uh, through ESPN, among other things. And one of the things that they are doing is dropping $1.5 billion to partner with Epic Games in order to create, drumroll, the Disney Metaverse. Um, so, I personally think metaverses are stupid. And uh, Gene Park over on Twitter, uh, reporter for the Washington Post, for those who don't know, uh, made an astute observation, and that is that they tried to, in every way possible during that announcement to not say the word metaverse. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, because I think that that has uh, everyone immediately thinks of Horizon Worlds. Well, he did include in the announcement that, like, or in his thoughts on it, he does say that, like, he does think the concept is somewhat inevitable. Um, but the term itself is tainted. Yes, I was actually watching a great video you sent me, uh, Captain, yeah. the other day from uh, Folding Ideas on Decentraland and the Metaverse. Yeah, and that video idea. makes some very good points about uh, the sort of central untenable concepts with the Metaverse. Because here's the thing about uh, Metaverses. Um, they are inherently systems by which we are expected to spend money online on fake shit. <laughs> and, like, so, you know, to me, the idea of a metaverse that is cool is something like a... Uh, if you look at... at um, Hello Games' recent announcement about their new adventure game... You mm -hmm. throw that in VR, call it a metaverse, I'm in, right? But unfortunately, the, the corporate America seems to have the idea that a metaverse should be uh, JPEGs of shopping malls. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I feel the need to wax poetic on the golden era of Second Life. <laughs> <laughs> I have some memories tied to it, but you know, I mean, yeah, it did fall apart and there are good reasons for that. I mean, it still exists, but I think it should be said that like, cause it did, of course, expect you to spend money there. Right. But it was, it still felt like in a different way than a lot of modern metaverse stuff. It was, it like, corporations tried to get in on it, but I think part of what made it special is that it wasn't... It, you didn't have so many people just trying to seize on it as you did, like, Facebook's Metaverse. Um, it was... You know, I just, I just had a weird thought. Fortnite has kind of successfully made NFTs by adding all these new games into Fortnite. I mean, yeah, a lot of people point to Fortnite as a metaverse, right? And, yeah, and I mean, that's why they're, the announcement is, like, tied to Fortnite. Metaverse is an incredibly difficult concept to define because what makes a metaverse different from a video game? There's a lot of people that don't have a good answer to that. Uh, my answer to that is essentially that a metaverse is a platform by which you play multiple video games— and those video games can involve spending certain amounts of money yeah. on microtransactions, cosmetics, etc. Um, and so, to me, you know, Fortnite fits that definition, right, with these new game modes. Is it's introducing this larger platform for people to, to interact on. I do want to say, I don't, I don't know if I fully want to compare, like, skins and stuff in Fortnite and their other games to NFTs, if only because... Like, I get where you're coming from. There was that dream of, like, in the they had of in the metaverse, you buy a thing and they can work across all games. But it is fairly limited to their pocket of games for now. Um, yeah. I don't Just think like NFTs. <laughs> limited to my crypto That wasn't wallet. the intent with NFTs. NFTs, the intent was across games. I, okay, like across you say that? I'm not sure there was a lot of uniform intent across NFTs. I think there were some people that were like, hey, we could use this across games. And then there's also like... Uh, uh, the Okay, let me rephrase. The people who are building hype, that was a big thing. Yeah, that, like, was, that was a concept. Buy an item in this right. game, use it in this game. And... I would say, like, 
NFTs, like that was supposed to be far more widespread because it wasn't supposed to be connected to anything, like any central source necessarily. Um, and that's also why it was never going to work. If it's only within like this sphere of games, like things made by that studio, like that doesn't, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't compare it or use the same language because one idea was inherently extremely silly and one is like okay yeah that makes sense because you like for one thing it's all just skins but also you don't have to consider art style differences or gameplay differences as much like if it's one studio making the decisions it's a lot easier to manage yeah it doesn't really really what i was getting at is that it i mean yes not the original i guess intent broadcast use for nfts nobody was ever going to get their mona lisa skin out of grand theft auto and into uh armored core like that was yeah. never going to happen but oh but that was what they wanted and it was stupid yeah yeah that was never going to happen but uh epic you know doing it for themselves which makes sense i mean it's their market but you buy a song and you can use it to air quote stunt on people when you uh, knock them down and kill them in the game, but then you can uh, just Guitar Hero that song later if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that is an, a really prime example of what a metaverse looks like, and yeah. and yeah, that's that's uh, in a realm of something that is incredibly difficult to define and put your finger on. That's an extremely concrete example. So. The... I, oh, go ahead. I do want to talk a little bit about why Disney is doing this. Now, Captain, you had a thought there, and I'll let you say it. But after that, if you boys are ready, I'm ready to jump down the hole of corporate governance. Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, God. Um, no, I was just going to say, I think one of the main things where Fortnite is right now, like, partially it's... I mean, you have the cosmetic realm it's in. But uh, other than, you know, you get the... The music stuff, I guess, is actual gameplay in its own mode. But right now, there is more utility than a lot of what they were thinking of before. Like, as it is now, I don't really have a big problem with the thing they're trying to do with that. Like, I have a problem once it becomes, like, the promise of, hey, go buy this thing and you can use it in other things in other games and then you can't use it in any of those games <laughs> like that's where it becomes functionally useless and stupid to me um but if you can actually like deliver a little bit and if it doesn't hurt thing like eh, that's fine i'm not too concerned all right or upset by that well i'm going to drag you now kicking and screaming into corporate law um the best part of the podcast. No, but I, I do want to talk about why Disney's doing this. I want to talk about uh, the motivations behind this decision. Because to some of us, it can seem a little baffling that, uh, you know, five years after the uh, uh, metaverse craze sort of dies down. I'm not sure if, if you guys are aware, but there was – it was a hugely sort of trending thing among corporations – uh, the idea of metaverses and the need for corporations to grow in them. And then everyone collectively was like, wait, this is dumb and chose to not do that instead. Yeah. Um, so why is Disney doing it now? And it's because of uh, something called an activist investor. So uh, activist investor is a person that owns stock in a company and so most people, like you or I, if you've ever owned stock, you are, you know, and listening to this, you're one of these people who uh, you buy stock and then it sits there and it goes up or down in value and you sell it uh, whenever. So that's passive investing. Active mm -hmm. investing and activist investing is when you exercise shareholder rights to try to influence decisions being made at a company. And this guy, uh, Nelson Peltz, is one such activist investor who has a, a target on Disney's back. He is actively trying to um, bring forward new uh, board members to replace the ones that Disney has uh, currently. So mm -hmm. Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, 
doesn't want that to happen, right? He wants to appease this guy. He wants to make this guy happy. Because basically uh, what this is, an activist investor is um, sometimes an actual activist for like social justice or climate. And sometimes they are a man saying, Disney, you're not making me money the right way. Make me more money in another way. And that's what this guy Pelts is. Uh, he's already a billionaire. So I just want to say that up front. It's not like he needs it. Um, and he's going, Bob, Bob, we can make more money in sports, Bob. And and Iger is, is sort of just having to put up with his shit. Um, and so that's where this came from is in an effort to appease this guy and hopefully not get board members voted off in favor of a different uh, slate of board members or, or different seats, uh, Iger has come out with this plan. Um, and Peltz has responded. And uh, he thinks it's a bunch of horseshit, which it, it might be. Uh, specifically <laughs> on the Disney uh, uh, epic partnership, he says that there is uh, no, you know, clear plan for product development and that uh the plan as a whole or is just throwing spaghetti against the wall and uh honestly until we see more about it i can't say that he's wrong yeah 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 is that supposed to be more complicated i mean you know i just wanted uh to to lay out sort of the the um motivations behind the company for no, no. announcing um, a, a metaverse i think it comes down to me for it in terms of like is this going to be anything or is it just going to be like a shotgun effort to get something done and then it doesn't end up being anything across the board um at least as far as metaverse stuff goes um i think <laughs> I think it comes down to how built out it is. It's hasn't worked before. Well, okay, this is my own bias, and if if I can just have a second, it's I think it's the reason why, like PlayStation Home didn't work compared to at the time Second Life was working, like why VR Chat succeeds where, uh, uh horizons horizon worlds facebook shit yeah why that yeah. didn't work and it's so much of it is corporate control and how much you can actually express yourself in that space um and i feel like if the disney thing is way too weird to say but weirdly way too structured if it is too closely monitored well, that's not the right word. You need safety, but you know this, this is targeted children. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Fortnite has a bunch of like whatever this is. It's tied to Fortnite, and Fortnite has a bunch of creative tools already. I don't know how those will be. How those will work in with the Disney stuff. I guess it comes down to a level of expression you are allowed to have. How how corporate in does this feel? How intensely like what can you do? At the end of the day, it's about what you can what can you do? The yeah. PlayStation Home, so much of it was walk around, change outfits, jump into games with people from places in game, which the last one was kind of neat. If it had worked more consistently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, it it would be a know. very Disney move to uh, shut down Spark. What is it, Disney Sparklight, and uh, rebuild it in in Epic and post it there instead. When yeah. it when it's when it's just kind of sort of been getting good traction. Um, I'm unfamiliar with that product. It's like a Animal Crossing Disney thing. Oh, interesting. Biggest problem I'd see with anything like that is just... I mean, it's even with this own discussion of like, hey, you're making a bunch of money, but we could make, be making way more money. That's where you get things like... I mean, Vine died not because it wasn't like... 
Like, it was popular, but it wasn't as popular as Twitter wanted, so it still got axed. And yeah. by that metric, like, that could happen to this anyway, it, or Sparklight. And I, I uh, do Correction, think... Disney Dreamlight. Dreamlight. Ah, Dreamlight. Um, I do think that part of that, and this is my last note on this before I want to get into some more fun, you know, what we've been playing kind of things rather than the hard news. Um, I think that, that a lot of the success of the metaverse depends on who is it made for? Is it made for brands? Is it made for players? Because yeah, if yeah. it's made for brands, it's going to suck. VR chat is made to steal IP and be awesome. And therefore it is good because it's made for players to have fun. But if you're making it for brands, and by the way, in the announcement trailer, which we'll, we'll be watching here in a little bit, uh, it's like, play, create, buy. Um, so, you know, it, selling you shit is going to be at the center of this. I mean, that's to be expected. Uh, but oh, yeah, if, yeah. It's, but... if it's at the center of it, like, you know, uh, Meta Horizon Worlds, like, it's the Nissan Summer Sales World. Like, yeah, no, no, one one wants no one wants, wants that, that because we don't just want to be marketed to exclusively. It's taking the – it's almost like saying because this is virtual, it is a game, even if it yeah, is yeah, a yeah. giant Mercedes dealership. Do I want to buy a Subaru in your video game? No. Do I want to be able to have someone's shitty ripped avatar of a Subaru and drive it around in a, like, just bar? Yes. That's <laughs> the difference. <laughs> so moving on to the segment of the show where we talk about what we've been playing lately and what we've been enjoying. Red, I think you've got some uh, things on the agenda. Do you want to take the lead on that? Uh, Yeah, so like as far as what we've been playing lately, uh, Helldivers 2. Helldivers yeah. 2. Helldivers 2. I think everybody in the world might be playing Helldivers 2 uh, because most people cannot play Helldivers 2. Uh, so slammed that you can't log on most of the time. Yes. I mean, we've seen um, we've seen a lot of dark horses recently in video games. Yep. We've seen Power World come out of nowhere and sweep the world by storm. And now we have Helldivers 2. Uh, which absolutely awesome game. I really love it. Um, I wish I could, boy, I wish I could play it. Um, I am going, to, I think they have a patch dropping like right now uh, that might help, but I would like to mention that because, you know, Pal World, I'm going to put a prediction out there. Um, we'll see if it pays off, which is, I think that we will be talking about Helldivers two months from now, and Pal World will be one of those things of like, oh, you hear about oh, Pal World? Huh? Neat. Moving on. You know? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll get updates. We'll see. I'm sure Pal World will have its flare ups, but I've got a feeling just based on how. Power World feels like a flash in the pan. Yeah. Um, Pokemon with I guns. I don't need to talk about it like it's like a trash game. I, I'm not going to get into that. But I actually, it, I actually managed to play it for the first time the other day, and mm. um, I mean, it's it's. I know I'm not surprising anyone here, but it, it is shockingly, it's quite good. Uh, yeah. I, I had fun with the little bit of it that I that I played. Um. But yeah, I agree. I think it's it's more flavor of the week. Hell divers. Um, when we get substantial updates, I think it's going to be making news again. Um, yeah. I think it actually, you know, uh, judging by the server issues it's having, I don't know this for sure. I don't know the exact numbers. I didn't do my. This isn't the research part of the show, guys. Okay, stop yeah, giving yeah. me shit. <laughs> this is the this is the part of the show where I talk out my ass. And uh, and I think Helldivers is sold better than Power World, but again, I have no data to support that. Um, I mean, the Helldivers servers can't keep up. Yeah, I think that I think that's a huge thing. Uh, I want to say they recently beat uh, GTA V's most uh, players online ever on Steam. Though I will say, I think Power World. I don't know if that's a good point of comparison because I think Power World is you run the server off your own machine. Um, so that you're not going to have, you're not going to run into the same situation. Right. You're not going to hit those exact problems, but I mean, topping GTA fives, max player count oh, yeah, is nothing. pretty huge. I, I do think that that does, um, 
I I don't want to piss too much in the punch bowl, but I do think that Steam's uh, uh, GTA Five Steam numbers have never been as good as their console numbers. Um, but yeah. still, huge achievement for uh, a, a small game that had you know overnight success. And um, personally, I really love it. I really like the, the the developers behind it. They've said a couple of things that I really enjoy. Uh, one of which was uh, they said. It, you know, when I asked, hey, are you going to add PvP to the game? They said, no, if you want PvP, go play Tarkov. And <laughs> uh, the other thing is that, uh, you know, Bob Iger actually, not Bob Iger, I apologize, Phil Spencer. I'm getting my CEOs confused. Spencer's not even a CEO. But Phil Spencer uh, said, he basically, he came out and he's like, who does it serve to have Helldivers to be exclusive to PS5? You should bring it to Game Pass. <laughs> and the guy at the head of the company fired back and said, Phil, who did it serve for you to buy Activision and then lay off 1,900 employees? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I really very like... Good, very good. Yeah, I really love the attitude behind this studio. I, I want to say I want to say the uh, the CEO also told somebody who was like, man, y'all... Uh, it was a some tweet. Somebody said, everybody's really gassing this game up. Y'all going to make me want to buy it. And he retweeted them and said, don't you can't log in right now <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good um yeah i i yeah i like the vibe behind the studio i like the vibe behind the game it they they seem to be honestly it's it's like they took a bunch of my favorite sci-fis and just mashed them together because they did and it works really well um so you know starship troopers meets terminator is um no surprise a winner of a game what do you guys think about this uh, information about uh which actually i i might be wrong here but i think the and i don't have his name again this is not the research part of the show S- disclaimer 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 i'm pretty sure that the guy that develops hell divers the bleed dev uh used to work at 343 so i think he might be a little salty um get the feel that you haven't really researched this segment i yeah i here's the thing <laughs> I actually am completely, I'm completely right. And I'm saying that without doing a Google. I'm just asserting that I am right. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw in his bio that he worked for 343 at one point. And, uh, I, you know, we've heard these rumors that 343 had a ODST game pitch that is almost exactly Helldivers. Um, how do you think it feels to be uh, working on Halo Infinite right now? It's rough. But... I don't know. I. It's one of those things that I think it's a. Obviously, it is a bummer to get. Um, to have pitched an idea and to ha- not have it, like, work out. But. Halo, Halo Infinite was like getting the best damn pizza crust you've ever had in your life with, like, the worst pizza sauce and topping options. <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I guess it's... On one hand, it's a bummer. On the other hand, like, I can't do a, oh, they were stupid to reject this because they were in a world where Helldivers hadn't released. Uh, You know. That said, it would have been really cool. But... Yeah, I mean, I think... You know... It raises a potential issue that I think... um, Microsoft is facing and is facing now with all their new acquisitions. Smaller studios have shown us that they're where the innovation is, right? Yeah. Helldivers 2, incredibly innovative game. I I think that the the reason the ODST one got canned is because it was too um non-traditional for the Halo format, right? I mean, I that's again complete conjecture, but uh uh I think that Power World showed us, like, hey, people want Pokemon in different ways. Um, and I think that what we're seeing is a sort of uh, r- rigid nature on these uh, large uh, corporate owners that are like, no, we just want another Call of Duty. And if you make yeah. it anything else, we're not going to be happy about it. Because it risk is inherent in, in making a product yeah. that's different. Um, if you don't mind, I, I want to give a very small piece of pushback on one thing, not pushback. That's not the way you frame it. 
I don't necessarily like I think Pal World is actually an, a very different thing that interests me because I don't think it's Pokemon different ways because it doesn't actually play like Pokemon in a lot of ways I think I think it's like you know that's how you receive it that's how you first see it but I think we're starting to find that factory builders have a bigger interest or user base than just like the people who've been playing like Factorio and stuff. It's weird. It's a weird one. But just to say that, don't get me wrong, I do think that people want Pokemon in different ways. I just don't necessarily know if that was the main appeal of that one. That I don't know. Could be wrong. It's I think it's one hundred percent the market image is that it's Pokemon, but minecraft with guns yeah i mean well and that's what i say when i say pokemon in different ways right is it's using pokemon like creatures in an entirely sort of oh okay i can see i see uh, yeah. format than pokemon and and then you know people want that like i wanted as a kid i was like it would be so cool if they made a pokemon game where you could actually fight as the pokemon and you know they made pokin um but that wasn't what i wanted because it also yeah. didn't come out till I was an adult, but you know what I mean. More modern Pokemon, there have been some attempts to get closer to what you were looking for. The problem is they are not giving them the development time they need. And so we keep getting these games that are like very buggy or visually weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, it would it would really help a lot if they just had a normal development cycle. I am giving a big side eye to a majority of Sonic games when I say that as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and hey, you know, like, bring back features that people loved. Make new yeah. games out of them. Um, the, the, obviously, in the Sonic realm, the Chow, you know, thing. And then in, in Pokemon, uh, Secret Bases. I'm, um... I do find it funny that the two people on the podcast who play Pokemon the least are the ones discussing it the most right now. <laughs> I would also like to add in conjunction with that might not be related, but I notice in discord that one of us is playing hell divers too. That's just so we can stay in the servers. See, you don't know the tech. <laughs> you don't know, you don't the, know tech. the tech. Yeah. Yeah. I um, just, <laughs> If so, I'm in, I can invite yeah. you in, and you Fair get enough. in for free. Exactly. Okay. I didn't know the tech. I didn't know the tech. Uh, that said, uh, I want to talk a little bit before we move on to the uh, trailers. We've only got a couple of trailers. That's not going to take very much time. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Return to World. Um, Red, you got me into Monster Hunter recently. Thank you. I've been well, enjoying it. I gave you Monster Hunter Something else got you in, and I don't know what it was. I assume it was the Return to World thing after the Game Awards, but I mean, no. it was it was it was definitely just you prompting me again, and then I was yeah. like, oh, I should actually, and then it clicked, right? Okay, good. Yeah, um, no, and Monster having a Monster Hunter be a game that you got to revisit for it to click is something I totally understand. As somebody who's been playing it since uh, Four Ultimate. It, it is a game that does not usually come naturally the first two or three times. Um, yeah, it, it took a little getting into, and uh, but I'm glad that I'm in. It's incredibly fun. And yeah, uh, talk a little bit about Return to World, what's going on with that, and, and the state of Monster Hunter right now. Um, because, you know, I think that's, that's uh, interesting news. Yeah, so basically, at the end of the Game Awards, uh, Capcom said, uh, we're working on Monster Hunter Wilds, here's a trailer. And after the trailer, they said, in the meantime, you can play Monster Hunter World while you wait for Wilds. And one, a lot of shade on Monster Hunter Rise, the game that came out after Monster Hunter World <laughs> is now available on everything you can play it on. But I think that really set the tone for what Wilds is going to be. Uh, it's probably going to be more like World than like Rise. Not to say there aren't features in Rise that I would love to see in Wilds, but uh, Monster Hunter World was probably the explosion game for uh, the Monster Hunter teams at Capcom. 
and it really sold like I, I beat this drum a lot it is capcom's best-selling game ever like right you know, like, surely mega man no nah. it, it 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 sells way more than mega man way more than resident evil as as individual game basis uh returning to worlds they said that and like within a few weeks the concurrent player uh count rose up from like 2000 3000 to like 246000 and it it was crazy like they didn't they didn't give the game away for free they didn't discount it really they just said hey go play our old game while you wait and Monster Hunter fans said bet yeah that's that is awesome and it speaks to the quality of the game that that they can just be like hey go play this and people will respond very positively to that um yeah and and yeah you know i can't wait to get into whatever wilds is going to be as that information rolls out you best bet we're going to be covering it here uh but yeah i just wanted to touch on that because i've been having a lot of fun with it um i recently went through a, a brief slay the spire streak but i'm about to get back back into monster hunter and hopefully get to that end game it's a little bit of a grind but uh, as someone who doesn't really like grinding in video games, it's not that bad, and it, it's totally rewarding. It's a grind that feels good. It's not a uh, <clears throat> GTA V. Um, <laughs> all right, with that, you guys ready to watch a couple trailers? For those who are listening on audio-only formats, I'm not going to include the trailers portion of the podcast because it doesn't seem like it would work very well for you guys. Uh, so if you want to see us watch a couple of trailers, you want to see us comment on that, uh, check out the video of the podcast on YouTube. Check us out live on Twitch at 5.15 p.m. CST every Tuesday. Next week is going to be trailer heavy. We've got a Nintendo Direct. We've got Elden Ring DLC. We're going to talk about it. Uh, and if you want to see us talk about those things as we watch them, check us out on those video formats because uh, we can't really do that through an audio medium. I can play the trailer audio, but I, I don't really think that that would be a very enjoyable listening experience. But Red, Captain... Great having you guys here. Great talking with you guys. And uh, always great to be here every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Five fifteen Central Time. We're trapped actually. We're forced by a wizard to Into be the here. couch dimension. In the couch dimension. So for the couch dimension, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week.